Welcome everybody to the Dab Life. My name's Rob. I'm your host. Nice to hear from all of you guys today. Um, you know, um, we'll get into um, the background and all that stuff soon. Um, why the Dab Life and all that stuff. But today we're going to get into, start off right away, college recruiting. Wednesday was signing day. What a great day. College kids get to go to new schools, all that stuff. Um, what a high school kid's going to go to new colleges. So, anyways, um, hats off to Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. This might be the best defensive line recruiting class I've seen in my life. They were able to sign the number one and number two defensive tackle in the country rated by ESPN, which is ridiculous. They were able to sign two big defensive ends that are pretty highly top 300 prospects, top 100 prospects, both around 6'5", 220. The sizes on these kids is where it's at. Like, it's ridiculous. They, hands down, Texas A&M maybe put themselves in a conversation down the road, probably to beat, they, they, well, they beat Alabama this year, I think, right? They, they, they won against Alabama this year, but, like, I feel like they should be contending. Jimbo down there doing a great job. Jimbo Fisher, great job. I think the biggest story of recruiting was not necessarily in the bigger conferences, or the bigger schools. The biggest story was Travis Hunter. He's a corner out of um, Georgia, Collins High School, and um, 6'1", 165. He was hard committed to Florida State for a long time. And um, Deion, a Florida State, Deion Sanders, a Florida State um, alum who got the job at Jackson State, was able to get him, you know, to go to um, Jackson State, which, man, that was a win. I mean, I don't know how he did it. But that's just awesome, and um, I hope it's, you know, on the up and up. But anymore, they're getting paid anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But this hopefully is on the up and up for the kid. I hope the kid made the right decision. I've actually had a little bit of um, back and forth with even Steven about this. I think um, my friend Steve, you know, Steve Lyman, one of my very friends on this, in my Facebook group and in my life, he... Um, Seems to think it's not such a good idea for the kid to go to, uh, you know, not Division One school. He won't get the type of experiences. Maybe not, you know, play up to his level. But I feel my my, my opinion is based on the position, and um, I feel like on that position, that corner, if he was a defensive tackle or end or you know, line, even offensive lineman, I feel like, yeah, you're missing out on you know, the hits, you know, all that stuff like the physicality all of it, but I feel like a corner, actually, he'll be fine. And actually, I, feel, I would be, if I was an NFL team, I'd be more willing to drop the NFL running back out of D2 that's less banged up. So, anyways, that's on um, Travis Hunter. And um, that's just pretty cool. Um, that's Steve, me and Steve have separate narratives on that issue, I guess. And I'll leave it at that um, on that issue. So, we look into recruiting in Michigan. Um, they took one of my um, valued recruits out of Notre Dame, Amon Walker, from, out of Louisiana, which is surprising. Uh, the kid had wavered on his commit from Notre Dame for a long time, and um, I kind of thought Brian Kelly goes to LSU, he would follow him. He didn't. Um, he went to Michigan. And I'm guessing that maybe he was wavering from Notre Dame because of Brian Kelly. Um, not, you know, so maybe they had a better chance without Brian Kelly, but... I just felt like they were never getting this kid. He was six. He just kind of running around them, and 
this felt like they were never signing the kid, and then they also had another receiver drop out. C.J. Williams, he ended up going to um, USC. Um, so that's two kids that we that Notre Dame lost out on. Um, Georgia had a great class, as always, Alabama. Um, it's just um, Alabama, just loaded. I mean, the rich get richer in recruiting. It's crazy. Um, every year you look at it, and there's always that outside-the-box guy. And, you know, I'm going to – my favorite story of, like, a three-star would be Will Fuller. He was a three-star on ESPN. I think a four-star on some others, but he definitely outdid what he was ranked. I think it was pretty cool. And, um, so. So, you know, recruiting was, um, you know, as I was talking about Alabama, and it's just a general, you know, normal teams that have the big classes. And, um, it just, it was a good day for recruiting and everything like that. So, that's that segment. Um, Thanks for listening. Enjoying the first um, segment of my podcast here. Um, a little recruiting um, in and out. I felt like it was going to be a quick little section. You guys today. Um, you know. Hey. Bit of smuggling. I done a dab podcast. Everybody, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dab Life again. You could listen to this in sections either way. Rob Bingham hosting you again. I'm I'm here. To, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. And um, we talked about college football, and I heard a little story about me, personal story. Um, as you, some of you know, I grew up here in Illinois, but most of my family is from Northern Michigan. Every summer, we would drive up there um, to northern Michigan, and um, my dad, you know, we had three three boys, and we really talked a lot, and I'm sure we got on his nerves quite a bit, and um, he kind of um, decided, I think after a couple of years, he realized, well, I better do something, you know, to get these kids' attention until they just shut up and leave me alone, you know, and um, well, he did. He got the... He, he, he probably already had it. He, the Jimmy Buffett's The Yellow Album, I think, came out in 1990. It's yellow on the outside. It's just a stacked album of songs. And, um, you know, it's probably maybe um, only... So anyways, you know, the songs, you know, he... It was something to keep us busy, you know? And um, he just... It was crazy, you know, and I think he had to think about this because Cheeseburger in Paradise is the first track. What song would get a kid hooked more than that song, you know? Um, it kind of went on, you know. It's just a good album. Finn's is on it. He went to Paris. My favorite, Pirate Looks at 40, which you guys heard at the beginning of this episode, which I felt like 
It's something that, if you want to listen to my podcast, The Dad Life, you probably ought to listen to that song. And um, it's just pretty cool. And as I get older, I'm not 40 yet. I'm close. I'm close to 40. But as I get closer to 40, I realize, man, there's a lot of true things in that song. And then there's changes in latitude, changes in attitude. Um, So anyways, you know, and then changes in latitude, changes in attitude. It was a song that, you know, as I've gotten older... It, it it just like rings a bell with me that my dad was trying to talk to me, you know, um, and uh, I don't ponder the question too long. I was hungry, hungry and went out for a bite, you know. That's just cool. I mean, I can see myself doing a lot of these things. Reading the Parker sign in some big airport reminds me of the places I've been. Like when I'm on, I think about Paris when I'm high on red wine. It's kind of like when I'm on dabs, you know. Anyways, I just thought it was just cool that he was able to, like, take that album, like, six hours. We were driving, like, a six-hour ride, so maybe, like, a half an hour on the ride, maybe to 45 minutes, five forty-five minutes, maybe. I'm being nice, 45 minutes of maybe kids shutting up for a little while, which to him had to be a break in itself. He got to listen to the music and um, that, so we'd listen to it, like, maybe two or three times on the way up there, and it just seems like... It's crazy because things have changed so much. There was an A and B side to this out, this this disc. So it was a disc. I mean, a cassette, you know. And it's just crazy, you know. Like you're you're talking about a fucking cassette. Like we don't even have really DVDs or CDs anymore. You know, it's more everything's digital, and you know you don't have a hard copy of anything really. You don't need it. You know, I mean you kind of do, but you don't. But it's just how the world's changed, and um, I just listen to you know. I'm guessing my dad did that for a reason, not just, I hope it wasn't just to, you know, keep us to shut up, because, man, there's so many lessons in the songs on that Jimmy Buffett album, I mean, it's just up and down, you know, one of the songs is Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw, which you say maybe that's not appropriate for a kid to be listening to, but, you know, like, kids shouldn't be listening to those that go to school, they shouldn't be listening to Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw, but I don't think my dad was trying to, like, um corrupt me in any way i think he was just trying to teach me some things and really you know as i've gotten older the song i played a pirate looks at 40 just really the lessons he was trying to teach me i don't know if i necessarily learned because i think he was kind of like my dad definitely he sold some weed uh, i'm sure he sold some other things too um i'm sure that um he was trying to teach me something but I'm guessing, like, if he didn't want me to do the things in the song, maybe, you know, I don't know, though. Maybe it's just to teach me a lesson. And, you know, I learned from it, and I really liked the album, and it taught me so much, you know. Um, it, I'm very happy that my dad did that. He took the time. I don't know if he even knew. Like, I don't, as a parent, even myself, like, sometimes when you're doing something, it'll be like that big thing, like, you spend, you know, forever trying to help the kid on, you know, or, like, trying to teach him, but then all of a sudden, there's, like, this little thing later on they tell you about, you know, I hope that happens to me, where there's, like, a little thing like this, where, you know, like, all of a sudden, you know, that was a little bigger than, you know, anything else, that I feel like he took the time to do that, and, um, my brother, I'm sure my brother does, too, it's, it's really cool, um, that's a little dive into, um, my life, and, um, We'll dive into um, an album that inspired me, Jimmy Buffett, you know. 
Um, I would I would take a look at it. It's a really good. Um, I mean, be diverse. I'm challenging people who don't like this to listen to it. You know, and be diverse. Try to relax. It's more of a relaxing album. That's the thing. Like, and people who like rap and stuff, I think they would like it too because it just it's very relaxing. You know, like. Um, He's, just a, he's a poet, you know, and um, it's just great. And um, thanks to my dad for doing that, for, you know, putting that in my hat. And um, thanks. All right, I hope you guys all enjoyed that section of the dad life. Um, there'll be one more section, and thank you very much. Welcome to the dad life, section three. Um, this is part three um, of the three-part episode I'm doing here to start off the dad life. And... Hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, this will be the last episode with just me. I hope plan on adding a co-host or something, you know, or we'll have guest hosts, something like that. You know, every week we'll try to add somebody um, near and dare to your hearts. Probably nobody famous or anything, but, you know, Shane Wilder's famous. So even Steven's famous. Anyways, um, this is to my Facebook group. Um, I want to, I feel like you guys are just a big part of this, and um, I want to thank you all. Um. I started this group, we started that group, me and Dan Hardman actually, and I'm going to be as brief as I can about this. Um, me and Dan started this group called Fire Ryan Pace, and um, well, it didn't catch on, nonetheless, um, we didn't, you know, I think I was looking to kind of add, kind of make some money on it, and uh, maybe that was the wrong way to think about it, so, and Dan was thinking, I don't know what Dan was thinking exactly, but you know, so Dan added, you know. So when we started this group, Dan had some members, and I had some members, and man, Dan had, you know, we both added a very diverse group of friends, um, politically, all over the place. So as the group's not catching on, I'm just randomly posting in the group, you know, um, not just sports and stuff, you know, more like random shit. People are liking it here and there, random people like it, nobody, but you know what I started noticing after a little while is that other people were posting in the group, and... When I saw, like, I saw, like, Dale Round made a post, and um, my friend Steve made a post, and um, a couple other people that I wouldn't expect to make a post in a, group, a Facebook group at all, I was like, this is cool. Maybe they feel safe here, you know? And um, we, we stayed away from any issues that were in the middle, and that's so hard right now. We, we, we stayed away from arguing about politics and all that stuff and we kind of I kind of made it a safe place I felt like it was a safe place for people to go without all the bullshit you know of race and um you know all that bullshit that's going on right now you know um politics religion race all the bullshit mask the virus all that bullshit we made that a place where that shit didn't really exist and um it really didn't exist, and you know, I mean, we had a few people maybe make a post or two that were semi-political related. I never even acknowledged those posts. Like, I would usually like everything, but I didn't like those, and I just never said anything about them. And you know what? Nobody argued under them, and maybe just not enough people in the group to do that, but no, you know, you figured there's enough of each side. Because I knew some of the members of the group, I figured there'd be an argument over one of those posts. But anyways out of the blue and we talked we, we touched on this an issue we had no issues at all in this group racial anything like you know and no issues about anything 
Steve made, I, I referred to this in the other episode, in, in other section there, um, the first section about, you know, college football recruiting. We talked about it, and my buddy made that post, and the guy assumed he was a racist, pretty much. Um, he said that was Steve's narrative, that um, he didn't want him to go there. Like, okay, the fact that I'm acknowledging that this asshole made this comment is beyond me. And yes, I did call him an asshole because what I'm saying here is is that you flat out blatantly attack somebody's character like that. Like, with an open-ended statement. Not even answer the question. He said, that's just your narrative to my friend here, Steve. And you'd have to look at the post. Go into fireryanpace.com I mean, fire, 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 Brian Kelly, the Facebook group, and you can look at Steve's post. It's about the um, the quarterback um, that went to Jackson State. He he had posted about that, and um, I basically said I didn't agree with Steve on the necessarily issue, but I did agree with Steve on the fact that it's bullshit that somebody would do that. Um, he obviously took his color into account he took that he was black into account and used it to his advantage to the fact that because he's black he could say that which is alright that's the way the world works now but I wanted to get that out of the way a little bit and say like narrative be careful how you use that word Steve had no narrative about this corner like he doesn't give a shit about this kid racially at all there is nothing racial involved with the whole situation. If anything, the, whole, the only racist part of the whole situation, he's a black kid, right? He's going to an all-black school, pretty much, with a black coach. And he was going to go to a school with a white coach. I think he's, well, I don't even know who Florida State's coach is anymore. That's beyond the fact. Most of the kids are black at that school. And, and, and the football program, anyway. So, like, what I'm getting at here is it's... It's bullshit that you can just say an off-color remark like that, that somebody, you know, that's their narrative. That's Steve's narrative. Like, come on. Like, Steve's 37, this guy's 37 years old, sitting at home. He read an article about a kid playing college football. There's no narrative to that. There's no racism going on in this group at all. But, you know, like, it's ridiculous. Anyways, um, in closing... I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast, the Dabcast. Um, you know, I know we didn't talk about dabs a lot, but we will. We will. We'll get into dabs. We'll get into other stuff about life. But until I get this co-host done, I think we'll um, we'll keep on going with this kind of theory. And uh, everybody, enjoy yourself. Have a great weekend. This is the Dab Life.